0: It's time to check in again with State Representative Tacky Chan of Quincy for a Tacky Talk Tuesday, Tacky, today instead of a Thursday.
1: Yes, it's a slightly uh shift in the schedule, but we're both least starting with T. tea. <laughs> it's
0: actually the last Tuesday of October. It's hard to believe. A week from today is November first.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, Halloween is on Monday. Election day is around the corner. It's actually a pretty ele- late election day being November eighth uh so it's you know we still got actually almost two weeks uh, to election actually two weeks today actually now i say it out loud uh and uh early voting started uh city hall on saturday i uh, understand it's another word city hall this saturday and mail and ballot- uh, north
0: Quincy High this coming saturday
1: oh i'm sorry north quincy high this coming yes. saturday and sunday and sunday oh sorry there's plenty of opportunities for people to get out this weekend as well as uh, mail-in ballots have arrived I received mine as well as my mom uh, and uh, we both mailed our back in uh, this week and the uh, tracker uh, on the state's website and uh, when your ballot was sent to you and when you're getting your ballot to city hall you can always make sure that it has actually arrived Um, and we know the postal service has prioritized uh, any mail-in ballot to get their local city and town hall as quickly as possible Unfortunately, we live in Quincy. we got three post offices. So uh, it is really, will be, will be very quickly mailed in. It yeah, uh, could, could be same day service. You never know, right? You never know. If you do it in the morning, it might be there by the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, obviously, in smaller towns, a share a of post office with several communities in the area. Obviously, uh, if you live in a small community, uh, you probably should get your ballot in a little early. Reminding folks, your mail-in ballots is not the same as absentee ballots. They have to arrive at city and town hall, depending where you live, uh, the day of the election.
0: Yeah, so don't don't delay if you you know get it right back as soon as you can.
1: Yep, and if you're one of those folks that like to pay your taxes in person at uh, city hall, I mean, there's going to be a drop box available as well as the clerk's office is available. And you got questions, obviously, you can call me. or more importantly, probably better call Nikki at the city clerk's office. If you have a lot of questions about how this is going to work, um, I, I will be trying to be helpful, but I think you better go straight to the source in this instance. Oh,
0: best advice. Absolutely, yeah. There's actually, uh, I just found out there's a couple of non-binding referendum questions and I guess just one district here in
1: Quincy. Yeah, the speaker's district. Uh, okay. Mariano's district has a non-binding question regarding transparency of committee votes. Uh, it's a it's a little bit of an inside kind of like technical thing in the state house. So all the committees uh, have rules regarding how to record votes of their members in both the house and the senate. If we have a joint committee, I have a joint committee where I have senators and representatives as so both seventeen of us in the committee. Uh, majority, of course, is uh, reps because we obviously waited against the um, the house side because there's obviously more of us. Uh, and uh, it's weighted for minority party uh, representation. So depending on how many members of minority party there are, ratio to the size of the body is ratio to the size of the committees. So uh, when we do committee votes, uh, there's some question about who voted for what. And uh, some votes are voice votes uh, and some votes are roll call votes. Uh, It's actually up to the chairs to decide and the internal rules as well as the joint rules uh, of the committees uh, dictate uh, if roll call votes are required or roll call votes are um, uh, requested by members. Now, I, as you all know, I live in a world of Zoom here regarding public hearings, and uh, the vast majority of my public hearings are uh, on uh, video. You can watch on Facebook. Uh, a very small minority of home rule petitions, which actually only affects one community, um, is not done. It's actually, I do it actually request of the Sponsor, uh, because it's very localized, pretty much only the selectmen in the town administration shows up, that's it, kind of public hearing. And um, so we take written testimony in those circumstances in that, in that very narrow set of circumstances. Uh, so uh, you can actually see our votes and uh, not surprising, it's mostly a slate vote because if uh, a member objects or it was yours to write, they can name the bill they want uh, and they you know, can say the vote rests on the remainder. So, you know, from staff standpoint, we just kind of record it as such. In this world of Zoom, it's very difficult to go one by one. It's it's just different now. Uh, It used to be in person. It was so much easier to to open votes. Uh, You know, just trust me, it's much easier in person. We had a system down before COVID and it was much smoother on vote recording. So the question is really, uh, you know, should uh, the public have access to votes and the challenge, of course, is that, you know, how you are going to get it? And uh, to be perfectly frank, uh, the media is not as vigorous as it used to be regarding calling us for information. They prefer just, just like click and run as opposed mm-hmm. to like talking to people. And, and the state house is deaf of reporters. I mean, people need to understand as well. When I first started working at 27 years ago, the place was crawling reporters. I mean, you had easily 50 to 100 reporters any day of the week. Even in slow days like this, I mean, right now is a very slow time period. You still have newsrooms full, and uh, cameras on the go uh, all over the place, whether it be news crews or local crews. Uh, in the newspaper area. And nowadays, I mean, it's crickets in the uh, in the uh, statehouse news uh, rooms, the crickets in the Boston Herald room, crickets in the Boston Globe room. Um, I don't remember the last time I've actually sat across from a Boston Globe reporter or a a patriot uh, patriot reporter or a um, patriot reporter. I think it was like seven years ago now, uh, but a Boston Herald reporter. I don't remember the last time I sat across from the status News Service sells the news as you're aware of uh, as the Statehouse outlet, but you don't uh, get like a reporter locally that goes and sees it. So yeah, it's twofold. You got a certain element of the far left side as well as the far right side of both political parties who, who are looking to um, – dictate how we vote on committees essentially, uh, which should be an internal function of the committees agreed upon by committee members. Uh, and I know it's really inside baseball folks. And then, you know, second one quite frankly is partially media driven because frankly, they're not there. Right. I'm sorry to tell you all, uh, when you read your newspaper and read your Boston Globe and the Boston Herald, um, they were never in the building to actually report. And this is before COVID.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, there has been, uh, you know, tremendous downsizing in the whole news industry for many years now.
1: Yeah. And it's greatly unfortunate because it's it's actually easier to a conversation in person uh, rather than just on the phone, because at least you're in person you can kind of gauge where these conversations are going. And even this format, as much as I enjoy your time, Joe, it still is difficult to gauge because on a flat screen, it, it, you lose these, these little nuances. Uh, and it, it's for all conversations as well as uh, dealing with the news media. It's different than television. I've done, obviously done some television uh, in person. Obviously, I've done some television done in this format as well. Uh, when you're speaking directly into a lens, it's not the same as being uh, interviewed for a news article.
0: That's exactly right. No, it's one dimensional. It's 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 one sided. You know, it's it's not interactive. That's right.
1: Yeah, unless there's an interview format, like you know, I was uh, on City View for about all of uh, seven minutes or so um, regarding Chinese New Year. And you're now in a real time crunch to try to get uh, words out in very brevity, lots of brevity. Um, When you do a news interview, now you're really running this uh, careful gauntlet of words because you know they're only going to take a 10 second or five second clip. So every word you say becomes essential on conveying information as clear as possible with the least words possible. And it it sometimes... uh, when I'm sitting here doing it, 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 you know, it does rattle your brain. And, and, you know, I always tell new electeds don't rush. The reporter's not going anywhere. <laughs> he's, he's here. That's right. You, right. And he's got a camera in front of you uh, and uh, you gotta, you know, give it a little bit of thought. And if you flub, start over. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not, like, you know, it's not like, you can get it right the first time you, you uh, you jump over words. Um, you hit a mm moment, you, um, you know, uh, something gets in your eye, you know, all kinds of real life things happen. Yeah. And
0: if it's, you know, a professional journalist abiding by journalistic standards, they're going to work with you uh, to get the correct information out.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, they, they even like they check to make sure that your hair is in the right place sometimes because they, their goal is to not to make you look stupid. The goal is to try to get good information out of you and they're not interested in making you look silly. You know, the, that's, that's right. The, I don't like what we do here, Taggy. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a tacky talk. I mean, for God's sakes. I mean, you guys all know what you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, as you mentioned, your uh,
0: legislature is still in informal um, session. So there's not a whole lot of um, bills to talk about, if you will. But uh, there's plenty of other stuff going on.
1: Yeah, the only real bill to talk about uh, right now is step therapy. The House and Senate Conference Committee came to a conclusion that committees weren't that far apart. Uh, but the July deadline really crunched everybody, as economic developments and sports betting and uh, really dominated the headlines. And uh, leadership teams, as well as you know, all the chairs were kind of like, ugh, trying to get this stuff done in July. And step therapy took a little longer than I think anyone would have liked. However, the House Senate came to a compromise um, today, uh, not today, uh, early this week, and sent the bill to the governor in formal session. No objection by any member and the uh, step therapy is to uh, create a mechanism by which doctors and their patients are able to use a uh, brand name or medica- medication of their preference, uh, overriding the insurance uh, companies desire to assign medication that the insurance company believes is better for you. But there is a series of tests to demonstrate that uh, by uh, choosing a alternative drug will actually cause greater harm the benefit as well as the fact that the recommended drug and the drugs being used currently that insurance company won't pay for you know will yield greater results so it isn't like a uh, just do it kind of thing i mean there is requirement of consultation between doctor and patient to ensure that patient safety comes first in this matter uh there was some little issues regarding dates and times and It's small technical stuff, just trust me. I mean, it's not a big deal. I mean, just making sure that sufficient time for your um, appeal to division insurance can get in and a sufficient time for response. But not so long that, you know, your patient's at risk, but not so short that no one can respond to your application quickly enough. So this this is one of those real technical things in life where you want to be sure that um, not just the agency, but both the patient, doctor, and insurer are able to get their information timely and get a response timely. Um, and that was actually one of the sticking points between the House and Senate, trying to figure out that timely, timeliness and realistically well, how long it will take. Uh, and the, we'll see what the governor does. One of the concerns I think we have is what the insurance company is going to fight this tooth and nail because they want to dictate your medication, because they want to pay the least amount possible. In some cases, generics are all right. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying they're totally wrong on this. Uh, but in certain instances, we have specific medical conditions. Generics are not the option. Yeah, First, case by the case, the case right? Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, we'll see what the governor does. Uh, you know, he let's uh, I'll be frank with you. He's he tends to like the insurance companies. I know he's a healthcare guru, but he, you know, he ran Harvey Uh So he does a historically lean pro insurance company. Um, this is actually kind of an interesting case for the government. It is interesting. Yeah.
0: I'm sure there's enough uh, veto power in this le- legislature if he were to veto it.
1: Unfortunately, we're in formal session, so we can't veto. Oh. Yeah, this is actually one of the drawbacks of being an informal session is that we have to come back and do a special session to do a veto override. Um, however, as you saw, if you may recall the beginning of this session, I mean, the speaker uh, decided that all oh, the stuff he vetoed at the end of the prior session because of this weird COVID 2020-21 circumstance, the speaker and the Senate prisoners threw it all back right on the floor first thing in January and just shoved it back on the governor's desk. Yeah even prior to formation of committees, because it was a consensus pretty much with everybody, why we need a committee to review something we've already voted on. Right. So we just threw it back on the governor's desk and we were able to handle it from there. So uh, don't be surprised if, if the House Senate leadership as well as the consensus of the membership, it will say, hey, we already voted on this and we all agreed on this. Let's just get this back up there as quickly as possible and, and, and bypass the joint committee process because why do we have to have public hearings on something we already voted on everybody's good with, right? Um, So don't be surprised to see that. And I think early next cycle, we could talk more about this, you know, swearing in day, provided I'm still here because election day is rolling around in two weeks, so I still need to vote, folks. Um, You know, about whether or not the speaker will, and the Senate president will will, uh, repeat that same a process at the beginning of 2021 uh, where consensus bills will go up immediately uh, to the new governor or do we wait it out uh, for several months when a new governor settles in or do we uh, go through the joint committee process on stuff we've already done before i i can't i won't i can't it's a little early to talk about that right now mm-hmm. yeah but i think it's a good topic for the beginning of the cycle yeah i agree it's going to be very
0: interesting because i mean there, like you say, there is going to be a new administration so clearly it's going to be a whole new cabinet level
1: uh echelon yeah and dumping stuff you know on someone's desk where they're still forming their leadership teams uh at the governor's levels kind of rude
0: you don't want to get it. off on the wrong foot right <laughs> yeah let's call it what it is it's
1: just plain rude yeah
0: <laughs> uh so let's talk about uh, uh international stuff hey look there's a new uh, leader in the united kingdom again <laughs>
1: Yeah, Richie Sunak is now the Prime Minister. He is actually the first uh, Prime Minister and leader of a political party in uh, England that is not white, uh, is not Christian, and uh, is Asian. So uh, it is actually a pretty amazing breakthrough. He's also a child of immigrants. He's actually Hindu, is belief. Uh, And he's the first one to lead not just a major party, but also lead parliament. And this is actually a pretty interesting process because uh, we'll do a little review when we talk about this trust uh, about uh, six weeks ago, I think uh, normally what happens is that there's an internal fight in the political party of the majority about picking a prime minister candidate They go through multiple tiers of voting to get to two candidates. And then those top two candidates are put before the uh, party membership, which is not, uh, not elected. They're uh, folks who basically paid to be part of the Tory party or the you know, SM, a Scottish, um, whatever, and the liberal party and the, there's like greenies, and there's like a lot of little parties in, in London, but you don't actually uh, have to, uh, you know, like here we register vote Democrat, Republican, you know, over there, you actually have to be a member of the party, you actually have to pay in, you actually have to participate, you actually have to get involved, Though they or they toss you and, and the party leadership can just remove your, your, your status. And uh, in parliament, you've heard the term take away someone's whip. And uh, that's when, uh, you know, leadership or political party, you know, demands you vote with leadership or they're going to take your party status away, so basically strip you of your political party. Right. You lose that political party, you lose a v- part of the voting block. It's hard to move the agenda if you're not part of the voting block. as well as the fact that, you know, you lose a lot of uh, the local support of your local political party, which, again, is an active membership. It's not mm-hmm. a... Passive membership, just you know, I'm a Democrat, I'm registered Democrat, you know, but I can do what I want in the ballot box, right? These are active members, right? Um, yeah, you and, talk about
0: partisanship, but I mean, it, it, ours is nothing compared to theirs. <laughs> no, you don't
1: pay for political membership. I mean, you have to put money down over there, and right. education. You have to like do stuff to maintain your status. I mean, it's 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 real. So it's like it's only a small group of less than three thousand people, mm-hmm. and uh, that small group picks up those two. Uh, prime minister candidates chosen by the majority party in parliament as the next leader, which is how uh, Truss beat Sunak, even though Sunak had a majority of votes in the parliament uh, party. So because of the nature of how this rolled out the, um, I'm not exactly sure how these rules work, as you can tell, I'm still figuring it out. But uh, instead of going back to the the Tory party members, uh, the members of the Tories in parliament, uh, just pick their own administer. And the requirement was to have uh, 100 nominations to be considered. Uh, you have about what, what, 36 something. It's in that zone. Uh, I have to look it up. Uh, but it's over 300 uh, Tory party members that control parliament. Uh, and uh, Boris Johnson flew back from the Caribbean in food drama to see if he can take another shot. And um, the third candidate uh, just couldn't get past 40 nominations. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, Richard Sunak and uh, Boris Johnson had a conversation and uh, Boris Johnson pulled out in 24 hours and still question marks of whether or not Boris Johnson actually had 100 nomination votes. Uh, remember, he got uh, resigned after the fact he had uh, one third of his own political party in parliament uh, vote against him on mm-hmm. continuation. So, you know, right off the bat, he's running into a, a large negative base. And uh, as a result, by Friday... Uh, there was no other hundred-person nomination, and uh, Monday morning they declared uh, Richard Rached the winner.
0: Yep, and uh, the uh, the Prince Charles now will will confer him as, as opposed to the Queen uh, who did yeah. uh, Liz Truss. Yeah,
1: yeah, is a good bit trivia question, right? Who's been shortest Prime Minister in in England? Who was the last Prime Minister to meet the Queen of you know Queen Elizabeth II? I mean, there's, there's a whole lot of good future trivia questions in this whole forty-four day frankly, debacle in politics. Yeah, <laughs> I, it is it is something you expect from a second world country, to be honest with you, uh, not in a first world country. but Yeah, kind of a banana republic type situation, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I remember 2019, my last vacation <laughs> in 2019, I was watching because I was overseas in Hong Kong and I was watching uh, Parliament. Uh, elections uh it was the uh, snap elections and uh, the tory party you know just absolutely rad rad shot over the liberals just just crushed them all over london uh, all over england except for london they just just demolished them and uh, that and the news guard, news guys were all talking about the fact that you know this is going to be a tory party for 20 years the liberals are going to have a hard time coming back they're really bad and beating up and all these other things. And I would agree with that assessment. I mean, if you look at At the the numbers, at the time, I agree with those numbers. I mean, it was just devastating uh, numbers for the Liberal Party. But again, things change. COVID shows up, economy chaos, inflation, uh, uncertainty. Brexit is not working out the way they thought it would work out. Um, inability to maintain, uh, actually, maintain to uh, challenging and trade agreements. Um, obviously, a war in Ukraine, uh, geopolitical issues in the South China Sea involves the British uh, with uh, uh, with China. Um, they try. They, uh, even though changing prime ministers, they want to maintain their leadership status among not just the uh, European continent, but also in the G seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a, the Brits are very involved, and there's still a top uh, five or six economy, depending on what week we use the numbers. Uh, there's still a major economy and uh, there's still a major population base of over 50 million people mm-hmm. not counting its commonwealth countries which you know all of which have special trade status and now with the passing of the queen these commonwealth countries someone will have to decide whether or not they want to maintain uh, the queen as head of state but remain a commonwealth nation uh, and mm-hmm. king charles actually had a lot to do with commonwealth nations as well as uh, queen the queen elizabeth uh, both of them uh, on maintaining these uh, non sort of maybe kind of not exactly british you know british colonies right it's sort of yes sort of no um but i mean you know you don't actually have to be a head of state the, the monarchy does not be head of your state you just have to maintain common kind of ties and agreement so well, that, i mean canada is a prime example right <laughs> canada uh is easily uh, one of the larger economies as well as australia As a major economy that's that's an independent nation, has its own independent government, has its own independent Mm -hmm. military. Uh, But there are certain expectations regarding a trade, uh, most importantly, a visa, non-visa passport access, uh, and, um, you know, military defense. It's kind of also a very interesting um, alliance, not an alliance. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, the Queen's still on their money. <laughs> and, and the Queen, and well, yeah, on the money for now. King Charles' money will be coming. So those are right. Queen Elizabeth collectibles, but there's been so much in circulation uh, for so long with her face on it. Uh, but also they expect to pay a little bit of money to, or well, a lot of money to, if you're Canada, because uh, Canadians hate this. You pay money to the crown.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, you mentioned Hong Kong. Uh, what a surprise Xi Jinping is <laughs> Is back in
1: power again, yeah. The most uh anticipated election, we already knew what the result was long before the result even started.
0: That's right,
1: <laughs> breaking news, right? <laughs> breaking news. So, Sunday, uh, as you've probably seen our news, uh, Xi Jinping is now uh, broken the term limits uh, for Chinese uh, leadership of the party. Um, his presidency election is actually in, the, in March, but this is actually the more important one. He is now the Uh, So, again, the sole controller of the Communist Party, which is the only political party uh, in China. And uh, basically, he leads that and the military. So for a little review for folks, the Chinese government has uh, one political party and four equal tiers of government. Four equal tiers is the the, uh, Congress, uh, the prime minister, the presidency, the uh, military and judiciary. And uh, we live in a civilian military. The military is subservient to the other three branches of government. Uh, not in China, the military is a co-equal branch of government under the constitution. Uh, give that a little bit of thought, guys. It's a co-equal branch, so it means they're not subservient to to the other branches of government. So, but Xi Jinping they, dic- they can dictate, yeah, policy, right? Yeah, yeah, they can dictate their own column of policy. Yeah. So, uh, presidency is also uh, the head of the military as well. So he controls uh, two branches, and he'll control the presidency come March, he'll control three out of four branches of government. And he also controls the, the appointments, the judiciary. So he indirectly controls the judiciary, uh, even because he controls all the appointments. Uh, and uh, the big question and the analysis now is regarding his executive uh, committee. You have an exec committee, they have a sub, you know, not a sub, but they may have like like many different layers of committees. And they have all these other committees and the Congress is composed of nearly 2,500 members. So, you know, obviously the winner gets the pie. I mean, it's politics, right? It doesn't matter where you are in the world. And, uh, you know, his loyalists will be put on a number of different committees that have major influence on state-owned industries, government functions, um, and a whole litany of other issues. Uh, and, uh, you know, the big change over there is a few things. The, the party agreed to change the constitution to put the word common disper- prosperity, which is the English translation uh, of uh, Xi Jinping's policy that goes back to a Maoist doctrine that everybody should have equal share um, of the wealth. However, what that means in real life? Well, a little more complicated, right? I don't see Xi Jinping eating at uh The side street restaurant anytime soon right so uh (laughs) the propaganda versus reality of the lead to different things secondly uh, they made it very clear that you know taiwan belongs to them in the constitution and they will take it back by force if so necessary if they desire to and his uh continued uh rattling about possible military action in taiwan obviously creates a lot of uneasiness no talk about ending COVID zero. It's still a lockdown city. Cities are still being locked down in China, which has a huge adverse effect on their economy, as well as uh, all economies who are trying to uh, visit the country, which is very difficult. But also input export supply mm-hmm. chain seems to be very challenged uh, on both sides of the of both sides of the border. Uh, and uh, the, you know, a lot of people still doing a lot of analysis uh, what's going on. But uh, Asian stocks took a massive dive and uh, any uh, Chinese uh, corporations that have uh, their stock in foreign holdings like, uh, like Alibaba, for example, the most famous one is in the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, all the companies took a dive uh, as uh, investors uh, don't like, uh, like, they don't like the fact that they don't know what's really going on and nobody mm-hmm. speech about talk about uh, opening up markets and that's, uh, that's a big deal. Uh, we're going to open up markets and we're not going to participate, you know, as an equal partner of the other nations regarding, you know, all our free trade agreements. And I know it's a little more complicated. I'm sure someone's going to write it and say, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. The U S doesn't do this. The British doesn't do this, blah, blah, blah. I get it. Okay. I'm not, I'm not uh, oblivious to larger companies like uh, larger countries like to exercise their, their, their uh, weight, but I mean, you still have to be uh, somewhat of a uh, equal partner. Um, and also, you know, China has uh, the geopolitical realm of its own regional area, right? They need to exert and want to exert more influence in the water around them, you know, as well as, you know, use North Korea as their puppet uh, on causing aggregate migration with Japan and Korea, which they had some uh, shots fired uh, this yeah. past weekend, uh, warning shots regarding uh, uh, North Korean merchant ship crossing into uh, South Korea territorial waters. Um, you know, you know, Chinese have a lot of influence in those things too because, you know, it's the next door neighbor, right? Uh, something that we don't have to deal with the U.S. because we have two big oceans and our neighbors really don't want to fight us. So there are major trading partners. Like Canada, Mexico are two of our biggest trading partners in the world. Uh, you go past China, next to up Mexico uh, uh, Mexican Canada as our mm-hmm. biggest partners, right? It's just logical. So we'll see how it rolls out. Um, there was one little interesting component where the former president of China, was named as blanks out now, was let That's out. So yeah, you know, was let out. Um, he's quite frail and old, and was let out um, in the midst of all this. You know, of course, speculation is abound. Official state media says that uh, you know he was not feeling well, but it took two guys to lead him out of there, and uh, he you know he grabbed the guy, but you know to grab them by the arm to get him out. And then you know, secondly, uh, state news media. Uh, only showed an empty chair, uh, they didn't show uh, what foreign media got to watch. And even then, foreign media was actually segregated out to separate rooms, uh, claiming COVID protocols. Uh, there, there was extreme isolation of the Congressional Party and uh, relative leadership people in China from the public uh, because of COVID. And uh, even Beijing was essentially... Um, its own little country for this time period where uh, you had to go undergo a lot of testing and vaccination and everything else before you can enter the boards of the city during the time of this country. So, you know, COVID become another uh, opportunity for them to do high uh, 10 securities and COVID as a reason. Now imagine trying to do that around here. I mean, yeah, you're not shutting down the city. No, there
0: was already pushback given what happened. I don't think it could go any further
1: no but it's it's so it's just such a different place of how we operate yeah but i mean time will tell we'll see how it goes on maybe uh, there'll be a new economic policy uh, china missed the gdp numbers but what came ahead of consensus numbers globally uh, their economy is slowing it's a changing economy uh, and, uh, you know, they're very obsessed about big, big, big. I mean, we're the opposite. We're trying to slow down because our currency is killing the planet by being too strong. Like, literally, we're killing everybody with overly strong currency. Right. And, uh, trying to uh, taper inflation and uh, all these other problems we're all facing together. Uh, you know, they're a country that wants to grow, grow, grow. You know, uh, forget about inflation. They don't care. They just, they just mm-hmm. want to grow. And, you know, it's, again, it's a state run economy. Uh, Where the image of the president, and image of the party, is paramount, Uh, and uh, they dictate the horizontal and vertical. What is success? You know whether you all like it or not. You know we are a decentralized government. I'm part of the decentralized government, Uh, and uh, because there's so many different layers and so many different components in the federal system, and uh, we have a a regulated economy. It's not a state-run economy where. Mm It's a balancing act regarding ensuring a free market's available and a balance act to ensure consumers protect it, but also allow business to continue. It's a balance, constant balancing act here in right. a regulated economy. Uh, you see that in the stock market. I mean, we can't. the government can't close the stock market, for example. In Shanghai, uh, the government can go in and just shut the computers off. Um, here uh, is an analysis done by the stock exchanges, all the different ones, including the little one in Boston. We, we do have a Boston Stock Exchange. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll make decisions based on how things are going, looking at the big economic picture and make the tough calls on whether or not to keep going and close. Right. Yeah. I mean,
0: it will be, like you say, it'll be market driven, but it will be for self preservation too. So
1: <laughs> they don't want to self implode. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the Fed, the Fed Reserve is independent of us. Actually, most uh, first world uh, Western uh, European countries are first uh, all independent central banks. Mm hmm. You saw that the British, uh, when Liz Truss uh, put out the proposal on these massive tax breaks uh, for the wealthy and corporations uh, and increase their debt spending massively to cover the difference, claiming the future economic growth will, will, will resolve the issue. Which, by the way, very rarely does a government investment result in equal return. Right. Uh, it's just that's not the purpose of the government investment. The government is supposed to spur uh, job creation and local economic development, not create more tax revenue the ratio doesn't work uh, and you know you know anything about public policy it doesn't work that way and uh, the and the uh, the bank of england you know started responding the markets in england responded the business community responded people on the streets responded uh, very quickly uh, recognizing that this level of deficit spending is devastating and yep. an idea literally an idea tanked an economy
0: right Exactly, yeah, it's word words have power, you know, when they're spoken by by
1: by leaders, for sure, yeah, oh yeah, actually what we what uh, what leaders say in public have a huge impact regarding uh everyone in their case. I've never seen a galvanization of literally people on main street all the way up to the central bank like this is wrong, yeah words have words have power,
0: yeah, absolutely, uh, let's bring it back home for a little bit. What's going on in your district these days, Jackie? No,
1: it's been fairly quiet. Um, oh, congratulations to Saint Anne's Church for the hundredth hundredth uh, anniversary. Um, uh, the Democratic City Community Breakfast was Sunday. Uh, we had the honor of having uh, Lieutenant Governor Kim Driscoll, Attorney General, uh, elect, uh, perhaps elect. Well, these are primary winners. Uh, so Mayor Salem, Kim Driscoll, uh, former Boston City Councilor uh, Andrea Campbell, as well as uh, my colleague. Come and Senator uh, Dianne Zoglio, come by and say hello, and we, you know, congratulate uh, Kevin Carter on receiving the Dennis Ryan Award, a longtime Ward Six uh, committee member as well as the Ward Six Chair, and uh, was a, it, well, still is. I mean, he's retired, but you never truly retired from the union. I mean, biz, you know, business agent and basically ran Local Twelve Plumbers for many years. Um, great guy, uh, well-deserved award for his work in the Democratic Party. And uh, it was good to see some folks. I mean, uh, it was our first in person uh, gathering uh, since pre COVID. It's been a while. Yep.
0: Yep. 34th annual breakfast, I think. uh, uh, Alicia said,
1: Alicia Gardner is the chair of the committee. Yeah. Yeah. And Michael Morrissey was the MC and food Michael Morrissey forum. If you know what I'm talking (laughs) about, I don't have to explain it. (laughs) The question is will he be back next year? (laughs) Uh, He will he marches by his own drum and he will be back. <laughs> uh, and uh, the show i saw you at the uh, in person uh, at the uh, friends of walson beach receiving your uh, recognition for all the work you've done uh, for the friends of walson beach but also the you know larger community on uh, bringing attention to local local events.
0: So, well, I appreciate the recognition, but it's not just me. We have a whole team here that, that that helps put it all together, but it was it was very nice, and i I really do appreciate it. But the friends are the ones that are the real winners. they're the ones that do all the work. I just tell the story.
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it's a story good story to be told, right? I mean yeah. you know, good works need to be heard, and we don't hear enough good works by people today. And sometimes we take for granted uh, things we see about actually knowing how it became. hmm that's true, yeah. Um
0: mm-hmm. it, it made me question, you know, when I was there uh, on Sunday, I said, oh, what's what's happening with the park over where Beachcomber used to be? I know the city bought that,
1: but um, I don't know if the, is the state involved in that at all. Not really. I mean, that was I, a Denver domain purchased by um, the city. Um, I try to recall. I mean, I think I try to get a, I try to get a little bond money to help them out there one time. But the city, I believe the community preservation grant money. Mm-hmm, yep. Is how they make that acquisition chuck phelan the ward five council pushed heavily for the acquisition yeah. uh, it is a floodplain, in case you guys are wondering yes. that spot is like it's it, below sea level i think
0: <laughs> yeah it's
1: it's really it's, it gets filled up with water oh, yeah um, and obviously the neighbors are very concerned about native development on, uh, on that uh, land because of the shifting water Anytime tend to take a piece of sponge away the water deals for another place to sponge up right. um, and the residents back there, you know, opposed the, product, uh, the private uh, guy's project, and uh, I did too. And um, the city stepped up and took the property. At, at this stage, I'm not sure what's going to happen next exactly. Uh, I'm not being informed of uh, much on what's going on there. And same thing with the walls and center development. Mm, yeah, uh, I do. Uh, there's a couple of different things, but there is a preliminary plan for a much larger development, which I need to make time to. I'm just too many things. I got too many things going on. I need <laughs> them to, to go talk to the planning department at some point. Yeah, I know they're working with the Metropolitan Area Planning Council on
0: um, you know kind of an overall um, way forward and the whole area of Wollaston Center, not just not just where the Wally Theater used to be.
1: Yeah, it's, it's been like a seven, eight year conversation. I mean, yeah. you know, things like taking over the and T parking lot, creating a multi story garage with mixed use. Um, obviously, the Wallston theater section is not a contiguous, uh, perfect shape. Uh, you know, they need to take at least one house in the, so- the uh, Stanton Dera, the former sovereign bank, to make it just one like perfect um, uh, geometric shape. Right. It's a big lot, actually, yeah. it's a pretty deep lot. And, uh, you know, obviously the Hancock Street uh, building is is probably perfectly fine, but you probably could build on top of that if you really wanted to. Uh, and, of course, there's a lot of zoning issues. Newcomb Farms, that block Newcomb Farms, uh, mm-hmm. the closed that restaurant uh, during COVID, they just basically retired. Yep. And uh, that's a very big piece of property, which I believe is in transition or sale.
0: I believe you're right. Yeah, it's a mixed use development plan there, Yep.
1: In the, in the city needs to figure out how that you know mixes in with their own ideas of, of a urban plan uh you know again you know it's such a small space mm. you're not working with a whole lot of space here it's actually very important for the city and the residents to uh, get up and say something about how they like this development to look like mm-hmm. uh, working with not a lot of um not a lot of land here. I mean, I was looking at the oh, uh, the CVS lot in the back there over by 91 Clay Street. They trying to figure out what to do there. And, uh, you know, I was talking to Chuck about this, and uh, a little bit before my time, uh, before you had the Tobin Towers at 80 Clay Street, that was basically a pond. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah, there's a huge rete- water retention area uh, down there. If you look carefully, it's all downhill from Hancock Street. Yeah, and from Wollstone Hill also, yeah. Yeah, it's the bowl. The Walston- yeah especially a bowl. And uh, for any future development, it needs to be able to pump a lot of water out. Mm-hmm. Would it affect the residents uphill? Not likely. Again, you're above the bowl. Right. <laughs> a the bowl fills to the brim. You're probably going to be all right, but right. If you're a yep. inside the bowl on the way to uh, the the Supreme liquor store, you know, on Greenleaf street, heading that direction, you might have some issues. So, you know, the, the city, um, hopefully will have more meetings you know, obviously, I need to get myself engaged in it this. It is local issue. There's no real state component. Massachusetts Area Planning Council is a quasi mm-hmm. state agency. It's not state agency, but it is. It, it just basically does planning. It makes recommendations. Um, so, yeah, I just got a lot going on. It's. Uh, I got I got make some time this winter to uh, go take a look. Good thing you're an informal session then. <laughs> Another thing in informal session, I got meeting uh, today, I got a meeting with the restaurant association uh, after this uh, to talk about um, credit card surcharge issues and uh, whether they can pass the cost to the customer, which is already passed to the customer inside your bill. So anyway, the cost of doing business in- includes, well, since i already started this can of worms, you you uh, when you pay something at the store, the cost of do- doing business is baked into the price. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, paying the wages, buying the product, keeping the lights on, is all baked into the price of whatever you buy at a restaurant or retail. That includes credit card surcharges. So, you know, to utilize your credit card, uh, the the business actually has to pay a transaction fee. It can range as high as 3.5% depending on the size of the business and the agreement between them uh, and uh, the various uh, credit card transactions. So, I mean, the little machine is something that the um, the uh, restaurant or retailer has to pay for it Mm -hmm. and uh around the country uh you know they have the ability to uh surcharge you uh like 3.5 percent 2 percent 1 percent whatever really on top of what they already pay yeah on top of what you already pay as opposed to actually baking into the price of price of the product i see so it's it's, gonna ain't hard to figure out folks i think you do I'm thinking, you know, a couple of things. If you pay cash, you're subsidizing people using a credit card because you're paying more because you're not using a credit card. So that that's Yeah, unless
0: up. you get a discount, like at a gas station, if you get a lower price for cash.
1: Correct. Secondly, uh, you know, why don't you just keep baking the price in, as opposed mm-hmm. to forcing you to use cash, of which they will get the benefit because they're baking the price of doing business, right? And then. You uh, and then if you're unable to use uh, your credit card, I mean obviously does that, you know the kind of import on, on local business. In doing so, and then now you got a question: you know does that actually impact how um, consumers will will reallocate their spending at a restaurant?
0: Mm. Yeah, I think most people prefer credit card you now.
1: Oh, absolutely. Even I've moved uh, to plastic over many years, uh, not just because of things like reward points, but you know I'm a guy that uses you know Quicken. And I download my credit card transactions on there. is actually a much better way for me to track my spending, you know, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And then, you know, if I'm looking like, oh, well, what do I do here, right? Uh, you know, adjust my budget at home, uh, but also uh, also lets me catch fraud a little faster too. Yep. because I download transactions, I can't identify.
0: Right, exactly. There's a paper trail, electronic paper trail. Yeah,
1: and all of us can go on the internet, set up account of any of our credit card companies, and you know, identify fraud and you know, utilize fraud protection, which is a whole other thing about uh, data breach, which I worked on back in 2017 uh, to, to craft the current law on, on data breach notification and remedies. Um, but, you know, I'm doing that. I also have a meeting today with uh, the representative from the Liquor Store Association. Obviously, you know the question three is on the ballot, you can watch past episodes to talk about question three. That being said, you know, it's, I'm going to get an update on what's going on there. I got an update from the spirits distributors. This month, um, tomorrow, it was Tuesday, Thursday, I'm gonna go see uh, Simmons uh, College Nursing Program and Science Program talking about uh, licensing issues uh, in the nursing industry as well as the impacts on higher education. Um, what's going on tomorrow? i got something else tomorrow, too, which I can't think of. (laughs) (laughs) You
0: better check, otherwise you'll miss it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's just a lot of these uh, calls. And, um, you know, obviously having lunch with some friends that I've put off literally six months, uh, trying to get my personal calendar up to date as well. Yeah. Uh, And, uh, you know, we've been working for, obviously, candidates for the last uh, few uh, months, especially statewide candidates, I backed into primary uh, and, uh, you know, try to help them get elected. And uh, you know, and I got questions from committee members. You'd be surprised often you get questions from committee members as well as general membership in the house about policy issues under my purview. And I got questions on like people calling me about question three. What does it do? You know, I gotta go uh, to do an interview with local cable access or a local reporter can you give me the you know update on what's going on in the liquor industry or we're doing certain things. So you know, even though that it is an informal session, as you can hear, you know, I do check my emails. I, you know, we are maintaining a social media presence. You know, but I do uh, not just attend local events, but also you know outside outside city events pursuant to my job. And um, I'm not just responsive to constituents; I'm responsive to my colleagues in, in the House and Senate as well. It's a team effort, right? <laughs> I'm very thankful for my team and the staff. Trust me. Yeah. Yes. Very, very good uh, people in the office that uh, keep things on track. And um, you know, I'll lose track every so often, but. You know, they remind me what's going on and, um, you know, do some baseline research. And, you know, obviously I will do some internet searches and read the general laws and regulations and so forth and uh, try to figure out what's happening before we start these conversations in these various industries.
0: And on that note, how do we get a hold of you and your team, Jackie?
1: Well, you can uh, call 617-722-2370, 617-722-2370 and just smash a button. Uh, you get a voicemail uh, if no one picks up. Uh, so don't be afraid just to try anybody uh, we do check our voicemails regularly we are uh, staffed in the state house on a rotational basis uh, we will reevaluate after the next COVID wave on how uh, we will um, deal with office issues we're not the only one uh, trying to manage these hybrid decisions I have plenty of masks and hand sanitizer in the office in case you're wondering. Um, you know obviously you can you know, check our Facebook at State Reserve of Tacky Chan. Uh, you can see where I've been and what I've been doing. You um, have the Twitter account at Tacky Chan. Uh, and, of course, you have Tacky Chan at ORG, as well as the state's website at malegislature.gov and always with QA TV. Absolutely. The bit, most important question, though, is where are you going to be for Halloween? <laughs> uh, I'm not a Halloween guy. I think it's, <laughs> <laughs> I treat me twice as a small child, uh, but beyond that, not much more. I live in an unusual street in the sense that you can't find me, <laughs> uh, you know, down the Meadowbrook Road, I got a marsh in front of me. So, let's try candy out for raccoons. Uh, the raccoons will help themselves, uh, and also, and you guys, I think, I'll understand this you're changing demographics in our neighborhoods. Uh, while well, I do live near Beach Window School, a lot of the families around here, her kids have grown up, you know? yeah college and got jobs and you know waiting for the next cycle it seems like on on my street uh, in the streets near me it's always a cycle right you have you know kids uh you know all the trick-or-treating you know they get to like 14 or whatever and they're not interested anymore and then you're seeing them at the Seven Eleven, you know in droves and in some summers I see a lot less of them um yeah I know you guys know I'm a kid in the neighborhood um so uh yeah, you know, I, I see this going to be a lot of trick-or-treaters inside, you know, streets where people live and close to the homes. But also, I see you've a good point. You know, check your candy. Uh, don't just let your kids have it. Um, unfortunately, we live in an age of somewhere nefarious behavior. So uh, simple pranking is so funny when people get hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, uh, I don't know if you saw this about um, drug um, uh, uh, drug trafficking using candy. No. Yeah, there's been some stories out there of uh, people uh, trafficking narcotics uh, using uh, candy. So, like a bag of Skittles, ain't a bag of Skittles.
0: Oh, I think I have seen something. It, it's it's it made it's made to look like the the original, but it's not. Yeah, absolutely,
1: and okay. it's, it's all drug trafficking is all that's about. Um, I don't think you can get a. Uh, skittles full of uh, fentanyl and in your, in your children's candy but you know you should be wish people should be aware that you know uh, illegal drug trafficking uh, is uh, something that's still very real and you know people are still getting very creative about how to how to do that and uh, using very uh, common uh, products that we see every day when they give us a thought about so again i'm not trying to scare everybody uh, <laughs> no just be aware yeah just be aware that that's all you need to be and uh, you know if If you're one of those parents that you see that big bucket of candy and uh, you're looking at your kids, you know, you can always say you did the candy check and uh, decide which ones are uh, quarantined and confiscated for safety purposes from your child. Safety purposes,
0: right, yes.
1: Yeah, uh, hopefully no children are watching this right now.
0: That's right, because they're gonna know their parents are stealing the good candy, and leaving them with the lollipops.
1: Yeah, confiscated <laughs> for safety reasons. Uh, well, next time we talk, it'll be November, Jackie. Yes, it will be, uh, and uh, we'll be talking about like you know predictions, how the uh, final election is going to go. The last debates are coming up for candidates. The final push is hard and on, and uh, you know after uh, after election day. Uh, we can talk about uh, not just local races, but you know, the impact on Congress, uh, which the globe is watching. Everybody in the is watching the races. Um, yeah, there's plenty of talk about politics uh, as we head into the month of November.
0: As always. All right. Good to, good to talk to you as always. Appreciate your time and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Great Joe. Talk to you in a week.